The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. If you have experienced narcissistic abuse, you are in the right place. Our mission is to help you understand the abuse you have experienced, support you through your healing journey, and to help you develop healthy relationships. I'm your host, Juliana Aiken, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Jenny McBride-McNamara. Jenny is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she specializes in post-divorce issues related to emotional, physical, and financial attachment, as well as decoupling counseling. Her approach includes looking at the ways you are feeling stuck through emotional, physical and financial attachments to a stressful relationship. She is also an author of many books, including Outsmart Your High Stress Divorce, 39 Practical Tips for Reducing Conflict and Empowering Yourself Today, and Childless Parent Snapshot of Parental Alienation. In today's episode, Jenny will share five different strategies that you can use to reconnect with your core values after experiencing narcissistic abuse. Before we dive into the strategies related to core values, let's take a moment to discuss them. Core values are the essential elements that shape your identity and give you a sense of direction in life. Core values represent what is most important to you, reflecting your passions, priorities and moral compass. Core values include honesty, compassion, loyalty, creativity, family, respect, responsibility, etc. These values can influence your behavior, goals and relationships, serving as a guideline for what you deem right, meaningful and worthwhile. Core values can help you make decisions, set goals and navigate various life situations. When your actions and experiences align with your core values, it often creates a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. On the other hand, conflicts between your actions and your core values can lead to discomfort and distress. Now, narcissistic abuse, by its nature, is a destructive force that can distort your perception of yourself and your core values. Narcissistic abusers often manipulate, belittle and gaslight the people that they abuse, leading them to question their worth, judgment and values. You may have been coerced to prioritize the narcissist values over your own or made to believe that your values are flawed or unimportant. Recognizing and understanding the influence of narcissistic abuse on your core values is the starting point to reclaiming your identity. It allows you to rediscover what truly matters to you, separate from the abuser's influence. This self-awareness acts as the foundation upon which you can start rebuilding your self-esteem and sense of self-worth, realigning your life with your genuine values. In this episode, Jenny's five strategies will help you to reconnect with your core values so you can start living your life in alignment with your authentic self. Let's get started. I want to say that I really like this topic because I think as everybody knows, when we are in a narcissistic um, abuse relationship, we tend to disconnect from our core values because that's the only way we can sort of stay in that relationship. The narcissist wants us to disconnect from our values. Otherwise we would tell them to get lost or we wouldn't want to have a relationship with them. So I just love this topic because that's one of the most important things somebody can do after being in a relationship with a narcissist is reconnect with their values. 
So thank you for the opportunity to speak to that. So the first strategy I have is to actually re-identify with your core values. So it's easy to say, like, I want to connect with them, but oftentimes we're so unsure of who we are in these relationships that we don't actually know what they are to reconnect to. So the ways, there are a couple of different ways um, for re-identifying your core values. One of them um, is to write down, well, first of all, think about ways that you behaved or values that you had either prior to this relationship or separate from. So if this is a relationship with a family member or a friend or somebody at work, like what are your values outside of that relationship? You know, did you tell the truth when you could have lied back then? Did you um, show kindness that you don't show when you're in this relationship or as a result of this relationship? So then I want you to write down those values, write down the values that you lived prior to the relationship or when you had times when you were separated from the narcissistic person. Um, you know, I when I was in a narcissistic relationship, I would tend to kind of bulldoze people and um, not show very much compassion. Also, because I was with that person, I tended to have to behave like I deserved special treatment. Well, those are not, that's not who I was before. And it took me a while to understand that that's not who I really am. So writing down those things, like who was I before? How did I behave before? Helps highlight um, who we really are. The other part of this identification of your core values is I'd like people to write down what wasn't compatible with them, what wasn't their value when they are in the relationship with a narcissist. Um, what wasn't you? What didn't feel right? So if I think about my situation, what didn't feel right was making other people upset because I was coming in like I knew everything. Like that didn't feel good. I never wanted somebody to treat me like that. So you know, when I'm writing this down, I'm like, okay, that isn't me. I'm way more compassionately curious than I am somebody who has to be right all the time. Um, you know, when I was in graduate school, I did some personality inventory and it said I was a challenger, which was funny because I didn't challenge anything when I was in that narcissistic relationship. But that is more of who I am, challenging in a curious way versus like, a, I have to be right. Um, so this, these strategies of writing down kind of who you were before, or who, what, like what values you have when you're not around that person or before you were in relationship with that person. Also writing down what you were doing in that relationship that wasn't you works because it. Um, makes it very clear. It makes it very clear to you, like, this is me and this is not me. And with that clarity, you can begin um, connecting with yourself differently. You don't have to carry some of the shame and questioning of like, is that me? Is that me? Is that me? This exercise, this strategy helps you see that on paper super clearly. Mm, yeah, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. And do you think that these prompts that you share or like these kind of uh, what you should write down about uh, apply well also if you 
experienced narcissistic abuse in a family setting as like yeah what do you think I, I mean you said the first like write down who you were before the relationship so that might not apply as well do you uh, can you come up with somehow like some modification for someone who is in a narcissist you know they have been in that dynamic since birth but yeah yeah absolutely um because the other thing that's important is that you want to write down who you are when you're not near that person. So I think about a narcissistic parent. So when you go home for a holiday or you stop at their house, uh, do you behave differently than when you're with your friends or when you're kind of out in the world, when you're at work with, when you're with your own partner or kids? Um, I think we often do. So especially when you have a narcissistic parent, we, it's easy for us to slip back into those old patterns because that's what the narcissist expects of us. So I think this exercise works there too. Like what, what behaviors do I do when I'm with them that I don't, that don't feel like me? You do I yell at them? Do I fight back? Do I um, make snarky comments? Do I ignore them? And what do I do when I'm not around them? Well, I'm, I'm listening to, I'm listening to people. I'm empathetic to people. I don't yell, randomly yell at people. So it still works even with a family relationship. It also works with like a, a co-working relationship. Do you have a coworker that just like brings out the worst in you? So you want to write down what's the best of me when I'm not around that person. And then what's the worst that they bring out in me? Mm, okay yeah that makes sense thank you so much so this is the first strategy when we are trying to reconnect with our core val core values after experiencing narcissistic abuse and you explained how we can um, you know implement it by writing those things down that you suggested and just to clarify so why this works so well when we are trying to reconnect with our core values that well obviously we first need to kind of re-identify them in order to reconnect with something right Yes. Yeah. That's, that's been my experience in my practice and in my life that being in having, being sort of narcissistically abused really strips us of understanding what our values are, our core values are. So the first thing we have to do is know what they are to be able to reconnect with them. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Makes sense. So what is the second strategy then? Oh, the second one I really like, and that is to listen to your body. Um, and I have some actual like actionable things here. So um, our body is our kind of early warning system. So we have an amygdala in our brain. That's our fight or flight. It regulates our emotions. It reacts before we have kind of the thought about what's happening. So when we listen to our body, we can tell when we're acting in alignment with our values. So, so one strategy for this is when you have two options, like you have to make a decision and even you can think back to like being in a relationship with a narcissist or when you go home and you see a narcissistic parent, sometimes we have to make decisions about what we do. So listening to our body looks like telling ourselves, okay, we're going to do this. This is the decision we're going to make. And then list like feeling it in our body and then saying, okay, no, we're going to do it this way instead. And then feel it in our body. 
And then we want to compare those two feelings. So if, if one of them is when I go back to my parents' house, I am going to let my mom have it. Like I'm going to tell her everything I don't like about her and all the ways she's treated me poorly. So you sit with that. Like, how does that feel? Does that give you like a little nausea? Does it um, make you breathe a little heavier? Does it make your heart rate go? Maybe. So then you think, okay, you know what? I don't have to go home this time. I don't have to go home to see her. I certainly don't have to engage in this kind of conversation with her because I've done it before. She's never listened to me. I can just stay home and listen, like feel what that feels like. Maybe you don't get so agitated. So the way that ties to values is maybe you actually have a value of um, peace and calm and taking care of yourself. And that, and it feels better to choose that option of not instigating any conflict because that's more true to who you are than if you were to go and kind of play that game with the narcissistic mom and get all riled up, which you know is going to get her riled up. That might not be your value. Now, I will say that one's a tricky one because we also have, most of us have a value around fairness. And so it can feel really unfair to ourselves if we don't kind of go with them. Um, but when we really look at the value of taking care of ourselves, it, it's going to feel better to make a decision that chooses you um, and caring for yourself and then redefining fairness than it is maybe to, to have the big blow up again. Um, and I will say, you know, this this works because, um, because, you know, our brains and our bodies are wired to protect us from danger. We often override those two things. We override our body. We override our fears and our worries. So listening, really tuning into our body when we have to make a decision about how to behave, you know, with the narcissist or without the narcissist. Um, really gives us that early warning system that something is not in alignment with our values. Something doesn't feel right. So I, I really like the strategy of taking five seconds and just going, how does this feel in my body? And that will help people kind of align with their core value and reconnect with their core values better. Thank you again. This is really great. Um, I was thinking it was interesting when you said that, well, you can kind of experiment with two, uh, like decisions that you have to make in the near future or in the present moment, and then doing that little experiment. And then you said that, well, it can get tricky if you have also a core value of fairness. So is that your tip that if you're facing a contradiction like this, that you can identify in both decisions that there is some core value, you still first step and you need to uh, like stop and ask yourself, well, even if there's two core values right now in the present, which one feels better in my body? And that's your sign that okay, that means that you need to redefine the other core value. Or is there any other tips? Like, how do you know which one you need to redefine and which one you need to kind of follow? Yep. 
That that's such a great question. Um, because that is often what comes up for us is it's two we're we're in conflict with two values or two values are in conflict with each other. So when I work with clients, we actually do a much longer process for determining and prioritizing values. So we can have, let's say, 10 core values, but they are not always going to be equal in weight when we have to make a decision. And that doesn't mean one isn't a value. It just means that in this situation, we need to privilege or prioritize this other value for whatever reasons we come up with, because it's less stressful, because it's a longer term goal, things like that. Um, and, and what I said about fairness, that that is one that we often have to redefine in relationship with narcissistic people, because um, it's always, almost always going to feel unfair. And it's going to feel unfair because we're not playing their game like them. So if I'm a narcissist and that person's a narcissist, sure, we can just like go at this all day long and it'll feel fair because we're both awful. Um, but if I'm a person of integrity, of a different integrity than a person with narcissism, then it's not going to feel fair. So what I like to do with fairness is actually redefine it. And that fairness doesn't necessarily mean beating the narcissist at their game. Fairness means finding a new game, a new life, a new playing field, to use all of those analogies, and living your best self over here. That can be what's fair. What's fair is you get your life back. So when we're, when we're kind of fighting between fairness and, um, you know, self-preservation, if we redefine fair as it's fair for me to take control of my life and live this better life over here with just kind of that noise of the narcissist, then we actually can get back into an alignment with fairness as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was very insightful. Uh, yeah, so when we are trying to reconnect with core values after experiencing narcissistic abuse, you have already shared two very helpful strategies and that number one was re-identifying with your core values. Uh, the second one was listening to your body. What is the third one? The third one is to observe and when possible, like emulate people who are your values models. So, um, and this means looking around in your world and finding people that you admire. And then when you identify, okay, you know what? I really admire that person, either just as a whole person or because they handle things a certain way. Then thinking about, okay, what values do they show to the world? And are those similar values to mine? So we want to be observing because, you know, as we're reconnecting to our values, we want to know what that looks like again. What does that look like in other people? Um, you know, we, we get accused by narcissists of behaving erratically or dramatically or whatever. And so when we're kind of away from that relationship, whether it's away from a parent or away from a romantic relationship, having eyes on other people in the world who are responding with um, boundaries or kindness or respect, 
but not giving in to people, it's good for us to observe how that looks in other people. You know, we are in a, in a relationship with a narcissist. It's not typical that they like us to have boundaries. So we get good at not having good boundaries. Well, as you are connecting with your core values, start watching people who have a value of having good boundaries, because that will help us see that in real life and help us see how we can do that too. Um, you know, this, what I like about this one is it starts to have us face outwards. So, you know, identifying our core values, listening to our body, that's like us in our body, observing other people who have the values that we have starts to get us to look into the world and see how we can fit into the world living our values. So we know this works because when we see something in somebody else, it it identifies it in us. So like, you know, I I wouldn't under I wouldn't recognize a value or whatever, a behavior around stealing from people because I don't recognize that in myself. So it would be hard for me to understand that. But when I see somebody who I admire, who's like wise and respectful and compassionate and has good boundaries, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I want to do more of that. Or yeah, I do that too. And I really like that about myself. So it works because if we can see it in somebody else, we can see it in ourselves and we can start emulating or behaving in that way. Yeah, okay, thank you. So to actually implement this seems pretty, again, kind of obvious that this is more like a kind of just, you just need to kind of keep your eyes open. And like, I don't know, maybe sometimes intentionally set aside time if you otherwise kind of notice yourself not doing this, that you actually intentionally try to look and or think to yourself and maybe write about it, that um you know, who are your values models in a way, and then think about, okay, how is this happening in my own life and in my own behavior? Or what are some ways that I can increase this or, you know, include this more in my own life, right? Exactly. And I, I failed to mention that writing it down and being intentional. So the two things you you said are um, are other ways to do this. So make a list of people that you admire. And then make a, and then kind of for each one, write down, what do I admire about this person? And then, and then compare that to the list we made in the strategy number one, which is write down our own values. So you can start to, to really physically see if you're writing these down, okay, this person has this value. Oh, I identified that I have that value too, or this person has this value and I, I want to have, I that feels core to me, but I haven't been doing it as much lately. So writing down those two things and then the intentionality about it too. Like our lives are so fast all the time that it's at best sometimes a really fleeting, quick thing of like, oh, I really like that that person did that. I really admire that person. And then we're on to something else. So being intentional about it, taking five or 10 minutes in your day, even maybe once a week, to just write down like, okay, I admire this person and I admire that they tell the truth in kind ways. You know, something like that is, is a good way to connect to our own values. 
Mm, yeah, thank you. I also think that the, uh, I mean, at least in my own personal uh, experience, this third one is important, especially if you come from a narcissistic family dynamic, because then you might be that, well, depending on what happened, but it could be that you really didn't kind of develop at least a strong sense of self because you kind of were there was lack of mirroring and all kind of essential stuff that just right. didn't happen there uh right. that would like contribute to a healthy cognitive development of a child uh that this helps because then you might actually feel like well it's hard to re-identify my core values because i feel like i don't have or all the values that i have kind of stem from that family dynamic and I hate them or you know so then it's helpful to like observe your values models and do it like yeah it's okay you might have to observe maybe do this strategy number three more it could be like that and it's okay right and I think you make such a great point which is when we don't have um values models in our family system then we then it's really to our benefit to look outside our family system for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so when we are trying to reconnect with core values after experiencing narcissistic abuse, you have uh, suggested that the first strategy was like re-identifying re with your core values, second one was listening to your body, third one, observe people who are your values models, and then what is the fourth one? The fourth one is, and I'm calling it see your values, but it's really engage your senses in your values. So, um, so this one, you know, once we've identified some of these things, these values in other people or in ourselves, writing down, just either writing down the value or writing down a mantra around that value connects us to our values through our senses. So through the sense of writing something, you know, the physical sensation or typing, we're observing it. I would ask people to, and I'm going to give some examples of these mantras, but as you're writing a mantra down or a value down, tuning into what sounds am I hearing when I write this? What temperature is in this room? Am I sitting on something hard? Like just really tuning into our senses. What's this pen or pencil feel like in my hand? What does this keyboard feel like? Um, because that, that, um, ingrains these values in additional ways. You know, we know that listening to music, I mean, we, we know music gets stuck in our heads or lyrics get stuck in our heads. And then we can picture where we were when we're listening to that song. This is that same idea using our senses to cement these values into our bodies. So, um, you know, some, some things you can write down, are, um, I am honest and I value the truth. So that would be one that is identifying your core value. I'm honest and I value the truth. And it can be a mantra. So you can write that on a slip of paper. You can write it on a post-it note. You can write it on a chalkboard. You can put it in several different places in your environment so that you see it and you have, you have that sense memory of writing it down. Another one could be like, I don't know what someone had to go through today. So I'm compassionate toward myself and others. So if you have a value around being compassionate to people, you can write down, 
you know, today I will be compassionate toward myself and others because I don't know what their life is like. That's a kind of a long one. Um, but it would still be a mantra that you could write down, connect with your senses while you're doing it, um, and have around your environment. But those are kind of the, the ideas, you know, I am, I am, um, a person who is patient, like that would be one or, or I will show patience today. So these are, these are our values, but that we're talking about using them and we're using our senses. Um, there is a, um, there is a tradition, a Hindu tradition. I'm, I'm not sure what, um, about writing and using our senses that um that is a calming thing you know so there's you can chant a mantra you can just repeat it in your brain you can do a mantra with breath work and then this is another way of connecting with ourselves through a mantra which is the physical writing and the putting it in our eyesight in our wherever we are mm, yeah thank you that's really helpful also, especially, I feel like when you put it up, so it's, you have sticky notes on your, on your walls or somewhere, because that kind of keeps your awareness up as well, because we might be like, okay, yeah, let me journal and th or think about my core values once a week. It could be that then, yeah, you remember that day because you just did it. It could be that it's still in your awareness pretty well the next day, but then it starts to fade away little by little as you know, your right. your day just go by and you do whatever things you have to do in, during that day. And then at some point you realize that it's been two weeks and, oh gosh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what my core values are or I've been behaving uh, against them with them or something right. like that. And I, I also heard the music tip kind of, I heard that especially if you feel in stuck with negative uh, patterns, that if you and you feel kind of very low, that if you are able to find a music, a song that it gives you very like positive vibes. So now you could kind of think about a positive core value that you want to adapt and then to help you enforce that core value is that you find a song that somehow makes you think about that core value or that you want that it's your core value song and then Every time you play that song, you could write about your core value or think about your core value, but intentionally make it in a way that you associate the whatever positive core value that you want to really reconnect with and that it's part of yourself, you associate that core value with the song and you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. And over time, like whenever then you want to feel good or reconnect with that core value, just play the song. And I think, yeah, I think that was like really nice, <laughs> nice thing. Yeah, that's, I love that. Um, and so this is all of that. It's just engaging our senses in our connection with our values, mm, because right. that's how it's going to really embed, you know, these values are going to really get embedded and we're going to have reminders. I like the idea of putting the sticky notes. I I've done this for myself before, and I had them in my planner. I had one in my car. I had one in my purse. I had one in my, you know, bathroom on the mirror. Like I had them all these places. Sometimes I would forget where I'd put them. And then I would open up something. I'm like, Oh yep, there it is. 
as a, you know, it was always just such a nice reminder. And then I would say it two or three or five times to myself and then move on with my day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, engaging our senses in our connection with our values, I think can be really invaluable. Hey, I hope you are enjoying this episode right now. If you didn't know this already, our mission here at Unfiltered is to help people who have experienced narcissistic abuse understand the abuse they have experienced, support them through their healing journey, and to help them develop healthy relationships. We want to help as many people as possible, but the only way we can reach everyone is if you choose to share this episode. So if you have been getting value from our content, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with others. You could do this by sharing it with your online support groups, sending it to someone dealing with a narcissist, or even leaving a review. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, so when we're trying to reconnect with our core values, you said first strategy was re-identify with your core values second one was listening to your body third one was um observe people who are your values models and fourth one was see your values so incorporating our senses what is the fifth one the fifth one is practice your values in the world so this is actually living your values so you know, if you if you have a really good sense of what your values are, um, you've been admiring people who have similar values. You're doing your mantras and all of this. A a great way to connect, find like sort of at the last step. And I know these aren't necessarily steps; you don't have to do them in order. But um, is living your value. So that means if you are someone who would lie for somebody else, you stop lying for somebody. You know, if you're someone who um, would get really angry at a family member, you just stop behaving angrily. So, um, and that's, and I will say that it is not necessarily comfortable to start living our values out in the world because not everybody wants that, especially the narcissists. Um, This isn't related to a narcissist, but I had someone ask me once, can I tell you this joke? it's, it's kind of bad. And I didn't know what the joke was, but I said, you know what? I'd rather not hear it. That was the first time I had ever done that. And it was extremely uncomfortable. But in that moment, it was like, I want to live my, this value of not putting other people down, not disparaging other people. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear a joke that I'm going to feel obligated to laugh at, at the expense of somebody. So, and it was, yeah, truly not comfortable, but I didn't have to hear the joke. So I think it's important as we're, as we're practicing our values, as we're being honest, as we're being empathetic, as we're being helpful, as we are um, setting boundaries out in the world, in our behavior, it's okay to be uncomfortable and do it anyway. What I, what works about this is it's actually doing the behavior and not just thinking about it. So with the senses, we're kind of embedding the values into our, into ourselves with the practice. We are actually then changing our brains. Our brains are highly adaptable. And so the more we practice, the more we do our values, the more those neural connections are going to say, yeah, this is exactly who you are. You are someone who won't tolerate, you know, really awful jokes about people. 
you're someone who won't engage in that, you know, back and forth sniping at somebody, you know? So, um, so this is, this is kind of this, once you really understand what your values are, it's the living your values. But yeah, things, and so, I mean, it kind of goes back to, too, like, if you would behave this one way with the narcissist, and that doesn't fit your core values, sometimes with that narcissist, you have to behave differently to live in alignment. But every time you behave differently, even with the narcissist, you are cementing in there that you are living your values. And that's just going to feel so much better to be that connected with your values. Mm, okay. Uh, can you explain the last part a little bit? Because I feel like, yeah, like what do you exactly mean by that? That So when, yeah, can you just say it again? Um, about living your values, even with the narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and is it okay if I give an example? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, so recently the, the person in my life who has narcissistic traits, um, asked my adult children to lie to me about something, which I was not happy about. One of them did not. One of them called me to say, I've been asked to lie to you about this. My first, you know, thinking about that value of fairness, I wanted to let that person know, like, this is awful what you did. Don't ask my children to lie to me, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I was kind of ready to go on and do that. And then I had, a, I, I took some time to think about, okay, what's my value? Well, I have a value about not putting my children, even my adult children in the middle of conflict. And if I chose to um, fire back or like tell the kids, even, I know that you've been asked to lie to me, I am putting them in the middle. So I would be fair, like doing the fairness value, but not the value about protecting my children. So I decided not to do anything. Now that's, that's me practicing a value in the world. Sometimes just sitting on our hands and not typing something <laughs> is living our values in the world. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to other people in my environment, you know, other people that care about me. But it made sense for me that this is something I'm going to choose to act differently around the, you know, with this narcissist than I would otherwise, because I'm practicing compassion for my children. Um, I'm compassionate and I'm practicing self-compassion because we all know I would get like 10 times more awful words back at me. Um, so that's living it in the world. Now, is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. Cause I know that my kids are in the middle and are having to lie to me and I know they don't want to, um, but it's also not mine to rescue them. So that's a little bit of practicing in the world. Another, um, example is, is, um, kind of meeting, meeting narcissistic commentary or criticism by, um, and this is going to sound weird, but like owning what is yours to own. So if somebody says you are, um, you're an awful person because you're all about, you know, making money or being with your friends or whatever, it's okay to say, 
if you're, because if you're identifying with your core value of honesty, it's okay to say, yeah, you're right. That takes the wind out of the narcissist sails because they're accusing you of something, assuming you're going to be defensive. And then that conflict keeps going. So sometimes living with that core value or living that core value of honesty means owning what is yours to own, not owning uh, everything, obviously, but owning what is yours. Yep. I like to, I work hard because I have a value around supporting my family. Um, that's a different way of living that value in the world, that value of honesty. I don't mm. know if that one makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I don't know if my follow-up comment makes sense, but what you just said made me think that when it comes to our core values, that, okay, if you do this exercise or these step or these strategies, employ or implement some of this, that just kind of keep your eyes open and be aware that when you practice your core value, then in the real world, it might look different and probably will look different very different when you are interacting with the narcissistic person mm -hmm. and just kind of be aware of that and be aware, mm -hmm. especially of the priority of different core values, whenever you enter into or are close to enter into interactions with a narcissistic individual, because I mean, everything is just so different when you are dealing with these people. Right. So like, just kind of be aware, aware of that, that, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That, that that just came to my mind from all of what you just shared. Yeah, because you know, practicing in the world in the rest of the world is going to feel really good. So, you know, <laughs> like if you're living your values and you're out in the world, you're going to feel very aligned with yourself and people are going to respond really positively to you. That's going to be all just fabulous. But I do want to caution people that when you live your values when you have an interaction with a narcissist, they're, they're very, um, they're very sure that they can get you to behave the way they want you to behave. So they're very sure they can pick a fight. They're very sure they can win that fight. They're very sure that they can say awful things to you and you'll back down. But when you're living your core values in an interaction with a narcissist, you have to actually live them to be in alignment. And that's going to feel uncomfortable because that's not the pattern that the narcissist is used to. So just to have that awareness, like it's not going to always feel comfortable, mm. but it will also feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was really yeah. great. Um, what about um, when you are, this is, I feel like hard step because this is that doing the actual work in the physical world. Like you said, <laughs> like, it's not just thinking about it. We might not always succeed or we might, you know, uh, go old ways. Any advice? How do you deal with situations when you then reflect and are like, oh, I didn't do it or like I, I, I did the opposite or and now I feel like, like really bad. So any advice like. How do you handle those situations? How do you turn those? Uh, yeah, how do you how do you handle those? Yeah, I, that's so true. Because I think we should acknowledge that nobody's going to be perfect. 
we're not all perfect. We're going to have times when we're just not living those. We're going to yell, we're going to do whatever. Um, I think when you have, when you realize after the fact that you, that that wasn't in alignment, that you weren't sort of living um, and identifying with your core values, it's information. It doesn't have to be a, a point of guilt or shame. So the information, we can look at it very logically. What, what caused us to go outside of our values? What was the event or the comment or whatever that caused us to step away from our values? What can we do differently next time? And can we, and, and practicing that. So this person said I was a terrible parent. And so I got really defensive and I sent all these emails about how I'm a better parent than they are. Like, so that wouldn't be something that would be living my values because it would just be continuing a conflict with somebody. Um, so let's say I did it anyway. I'd listen to my body after the fact, my body would be like, Oh, why did, why did you do that? Did you really have to do that? <laughs> like you would feel it, you know? Um, and then I think looking at it, um, very logically, like, okay, what were, what was the word that sent me? What was the behavior that allowed me to just like go off? Okay. What am I going to do next time? So when I see that face or when I hear those words, I need a plan for how to do it next time. So when we mess up, it's really just an opportunity to make a plan to do better next time. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we are trying to reconnect with our core values after experiencing narcissistic abuse, um, the first strategy was re-identify with your core values. Second one was listen to your body. Third one was observe people who are your values models. Fourth one is see your values and uh, activate your senses while doing that. Uh, and the fifth one was live your values. And yeah. yeah, I think this is a very great and actionable list of strategies. Do you have any final comments about all of these five strategies or in general about the topic of reconnecting with our core values? You know, I think sort of a... Um... A concept I want to insert here is that when we are living our values, we can learn to trust ourselves differently and better. And when we trust ourselves, that makes us um, safer from other narcissist relationships. It makes us safer even in our relationships with people who are narcissists, because we trust ourselves that we'll be okay, because we have a foundation of values that we can we can stand on. So, um, so that would be kind of the, even the bigger takeaway is that all of this reconnecting with our values increases our self-trust. And when we trust ourselves, um, to be okay, no matter what, it makes it much easier to deal with narcissists. I have a, um, a little piece of art in my office here that says the bird is never afraid of the branch breaking because the bird doesn't put its trust in the branch, the bird puts its trust in its own wings. And I think 
connecting with our values is what makes our wings strong enough, whether a branch breaks or not. I hope you enjoyed that episode and maybe you're going to listen to it a couple more times if you're planning on using Jenny's advice, which I hope you do. Before I let you go, I would like to invite you to join our free community. My team and I send out free courses and healing exercises every week. We also host live therapist-led Q&A sessions every month that are 100% free. To join, please click the link in the podcast notes or visit unfiltered.net slash community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.